Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and today we're going to do the readings for Monday, third week of Lent. We're going to be in the third week of Lent, and so we're going to do the readings. So please subscribe and share if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job. It would be a great help if you subscribe and share. So please join me for the prayer of the act of contrition. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Okay, and now, Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. <clears throat> Saint Joseph, Guardian of the Church, Guardian of Families, Terror of Demons, pray for us. Saint Peter, pray for us. Saint Paul, pray for us. Saint John the Apostle, pray for us. Saint Andrew, pray for us. And Saint Jerome, pray for us. Saint Augustine, pray for us. Saint Ambrose, pray for us. Saint Athanasius, pray for us. Saint Mary Magdalene, pray for us. And Saint Michael the Archangel, pray for us. Lord, bless this podcast and the readings that it may reach out to people, convert hearts, and transform us into the image and likeness of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. Now the entrance antiphon is Psalm 84. My soul is longing and yearning for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out to the living God. My soul is longing and yearning for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out to the living God. When we pray something like this, we should think about being, let's say, at Eucharistic adoration or alone in church in the chapel praying before the tabernacle and the altar, before it, being alone with our Lord. That's how we should think. Okay, a reading from the second book of Kings, chapter 5, verse 1 to 15. Naaman, the army commander of the king of Aram, was highly esteemed and respected by his master, for through him, through him the Lord had brought victory to Aram. But valiant as he was, the man was a leper. Now the Arameans had captured in a raid uh, on the land of Israel a little girl who became the servant of Naaman, Naaman's wife. If only my master would present himself to the prophet in Samaria, she said to her mistress, he would cure him, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went and told his lord just what the little, little slave girl from the land of Israel had said. 
go, said the king of Aram. I will send along a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman sent out, taking along ten silver talents, six thousand gold pieces, and ten festal garments to the king of Israel. He brought the letter, which read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you, that you may cure him of his leprosy. When he read the letter, the king of Israel tore his garments and exclaimed, Am I a god with power over life and death, that, that this man should send someone to me to be cured of leprosy? Take note, you can see he is only looking for a quarrel with me. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his garments, he sent word to the king, Why have you torn your garments? Let, me, let him come to me and find out that there is a prophet in Israel. Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. The prophet sent him the message, Go and wash seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will heal, and you will be clean. But Naaman went away angry, saying, I thought that he would surely come out and stand there to invoke the Lord, his God, and would move his hand over the spot and thus cure the leprosy. Are not the rivers of Damascus, the Abana, and the Paraphra better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be cleansed? With this he turned about in anger and left. But his servant came up and reasoned with him, my, my father. They said, if the prophet had told you to do something extraordinary, would you not have done it? All the more now, since he said to you, wash and be clean, should you do as he said. So Naaman went and plunged into the Jordan seven times at the word of the man of God. His flesh became again like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. He returned with his whole retinue to the man of God. Okay, his flesh, he, his flesh became again like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. He returned with his whole retinue to the man of God. On his arrival, he stood before him and said, Now I know there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Wow, this is a very, very famous story. Our Lord Jesus Christ makes reference to it in the synagogue in Nazareth. After he reads from the book of the prophet Isaiah, he makes references to this, to this incident, to the story of Naaman the leper, the Syrian. The fact that he's, a, he's not a Jew, he's a Syrian, a Gentile, who comes to the land of Israel looking for a cure. And the prophet Elisha, the successor to Elijah, tells him to bathe in the uh, plunge in the, in the River Jordan seven times. Seven, the symbol of a covenant, also the symbol of the seven sacraments. The seven sacraments that will go out to the Gentile world, to the whole world. And the fact that he has to bathe in it, in the River Jordan, which he said was looked filthy and dirty, didn't even look as clean as the rivers back in Syria. Maybe he's right. Who knows? Or maybe he's speaking out of pride. I don't know. But he plunges in it seven times. 
a seven, the symbol uh, the world was created in six days. In the seventh day, the Lord rested. That's a symbol of covenant and a symbol of the seven sacraments. The fact a little girl, a little girl uh, out of the mouth of a babe, you must come into heaven. You must come into heaven like faith. You have to have faith like that of a little child. And a little child preach the good news, tell them that he can find a prophet of God in the land of Israel and the prophet will cure him of his leprosy. He must have been a good man. He must have been a kind man. We only hear about one wife. We don't hear about multiple wives. And he's respected by his, his king. So he was obviously a good man. He, he, he's a good Gentile. And, you know, he trusted. He, of course, questioned. And one has a right to question. But he did it. And he was cured. His skin became like that of a child. Meaning that he had the faith of a child. That he, that he gained the grace. He did. He gained the grace. He did what he was told. He obeyed. Even though he questioned it. But he obeyed. He obeyed. And he, re and he found out that there is truly a God. That there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. And this God exists. And he trusted. He surrendered and he trusted. And he received the grace and he received the healing he needed. More importantly, not just in his body, but in his soul. In his soul. And he converted. I don't know if he became a Jew. He doesn't, doesn't say that. But he definitely believed that there was a God now. And he trusted. And he came back and he, he presented himself to the prophet, Elisha. And he believed he really, truly believed that I think that's what's important about this. He truly believed. He surrendered and he gained the cure he needed, the answer to his prayers. And he believed. His skin became like that of a child, the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. He was clean. Remember the words of the leper? that came to Jesus, if you wish, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out and touched him and says, I do, uh, I, if you will it, you can make me clean. And Jesus answered, I do will it, be clean. And the leper became clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. So this is definitely, you can see, the words reached the words were referencing this in second book of kings and by the naaman became truly a believer he gained the graces he needed he needed the he gained the grace the sanctification he was saved he truly believed that there is a god and that's what's important about this that's what's so beautiful about this story and the fact that a little girl, a little Jewish girl, she she spoke up. Maybe she was hoping she might get her freedom after after this. I certainly hope she did. She was able to go back home to her family. But 
if that's what if that's what God wanted. But she gave she gave him the word. She told him what he could do. And he trusted, he believed. He was desperate. He was desperate. And even his king, he probably had to stand several feet away so people would be afraid of uh, of getting infected. He probably had a wife, you know, his wife probably couldn't even you know, sleep in the same bed with him because she might catch leprosy. Um, but the fact is, he seeked out, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened. That's a beautiful story. I mean, I have to admit, it, you know, you think of the gospel, the words come to your head. You have, you have to have faith like that of a little child. And that's a beautiful story. All right, let's move on to the psalm. All right, the psalm is Psalm 42. Um, I thir- uh, a thirst is my soul for the living God. When shall I go and be- behold the face of God? Psalm 42. I love this psalm. Okay, a thirst is my soul for the living God. When shall I go and behold the face of God? As the hind lungs for running waters, so my soul lungs for you, O God. A thirst is my soul for the living God. When shall I go and behold the face of God? A thirst is my soul for God, the living God. When shall I go and behold the face of God? A thirst is my soul for the living God. When shall I go and behold the face of God? Send forth your light and your fidelity. They shall lead me on. And bring me to your holy mountain, to your dwelling place. A thirst is my soul for the living God. When shall I go and behold the face of God? Then will I go in to the altar of God, the God of my gladness and my joy. Then will I give you thanks upon the harp, O God, my God. A thirst is my soul for the living God. When shall I go and behold the face of my God? Okay. As a hind, it can be translated as a deer or an elk, lungs for the running waters. The running waters, the the word of God, the, the spirit of God, the grace of God. As so my soul lungs for you, O God, to be in the presence of God, to be completely swallowed in, in his holy presence and to, to be in a state of total grace and total happiness and joy. A thirst is my soul for God, the living God. When shall I go and behold the face of God? The psalmist keeps repeating it because he, he so loves being in the temple. He must have been a priest and he must have had the joy of always being there in God's holy temple ministering. That's what I've, I, I, well, some commentators say this is. Send forth your light and your fidelity. Send forth your light, your grace, your Holy Spirit, your, your presence and your love. They shall lead me on. This, this is a, this is a person who loves being in the presence of God. Well, the Psalms are beautiful. And bring me to your holy mountain, to your dwelling place, to the temple, to the church. For us is the church. To be in, in, the, uh, in a chapel, 
to pray before, before the altar, the tabernacle, before the, the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's beautiful. Then I will go to the altar of God. To, you, know, it's, you have to admit, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been inside a church when there's no one around and it's just you and Jesus, you and God. And you can smell the incense. You can smell the beautiful incense inside the chapel. It's beautiful. Then I will go to the altar of God, the God of my gladness and joy. Then I will give you thanks upon the harp. Oh God, my God. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to, to be there, to be alone, to open your mind, your heart, to just want to be there, to just enjoy the moment. It's beautiful. Okay, let's move on. Okay, the verse before the gospel is from Psalm 130. I hope in the Lord, I trust in his word. With him there is, there is kindness and plenteous redemption. I hope in the Lord, I trust in his word. With him there is kindness and plenteous redemption. Okay, it's from uh, the readings from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 4, verse 24 and 30. I think we're going to see the typology, the comparison, with uh, the references to the second book of Kings. Okay, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to the people in the synagogue at Nazareth, Amen, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there, are, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the sky was closed for, th for three and a half years and a, and a severe famine spread over the, the entire land. It was, it, was none, it was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath in the land of si uh, Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in, in Israel during the times of Elijah, the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him, led him to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built to hurl him down headlong. But he passed through the, the midst of them and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let's read it one more time. Jesus said to the people in the synagogue at Nazareth, Amen, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many wid widows in, in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed for three and a half years, and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath, in the land of Sidon. And again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elijah, the prophet, yet none, yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. 
When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to a led him led him to uh to a to the brow of the hill on which and which to uh, and which to which their town had been built to hurl him down headlong, but he passed through the midst of them and went away. The gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So why why did they get angry? Why did they get angry? <clears throat> what happened was is that I think with all honesty, a mirror was put in front of their face. Jesus was telling them that they had no faith. Jesus was telling them that they're not going to see a miracle because of their lack of faith, because of the fact that they have, they presume because the fact that they are the people that God made a covenant with them, that God was automatically going to give them what they want. No, they had no faith. They were presumptuous. They were arrogant. They, the truth is it was the, the, the poison of the Pharisees. The poison of the Pharisees, assuming that if you just do all the rituals that's required of you, that it will be okay, that you will, that you will, um, that you will, you, you know, you, you will see, you will receive the answer to your prayers. That just because you go through the motion of it, but technically because you're Jewish, I mean, to think that I think is arrogant, that they had a, they had a, a, a view about God that sort of placed him in a box. And that's the problem. We think that if we do this, God will do this. That if we do all these rituals, follow all the rules, that we'll be like them. That in other words, he'll, he will answer our prayers. He will give us what we want. No. No. If we have to realize he's bigger than that, He's far more greater than that. And if he's God, then what makes us think that it's that easy? If he knows everything about us, if he knows who we are, if he knows the way we think, if he knows our deepest, darkest secrets, he knows the sins we commit in the dark, he knows the sins we commit behind closed doors, he knows all this, that what makes us think is that simple and that easy. For some reason, a lot of people think it's that simple and that easy. Um, the Muslims have a view about God, and I know this because I grew up among them, that, that basically God is so great, there are certain things that are just, you can't, you can't put God in. In other words, he's too holy to become a man. He's too, uh, I remember talking to a Muslim because they're supposed to be Solomon and David. They don't believe that David committed adultery. Yet, because, well, he's God's beloved. And if that's true, he wouldn't be God's beloved. But they don't, they don't realize this of, of free will. And Islam does not believe in free will. As a matter of fact, Islam believes in a lot of predestination. Some Muslims believe that. And it puts, you know, it, there's a distance. One can't get that close to God. But for some reason, when he told them all this, that God is very selective 
of the pe- of his of people of faith that he's very selective that got them angry they were furious they wanted to drive him and throw him off a cliff the town was was sitting on a cliff <laughs> and they one day they drew it but he went through them and the fact that he mentioned Naaman the prophet i mean Naaman the Syrian and the and the old widow that drove them even more mad the fact that there was no rain for 3 for 3 and a half years i think he said right that um yeah, three and a half years, severe famine. Three and a half years, um, I guess you could say, is, is showing that there was spiritual famine in the land. A spiritual malnourishment. There was a lot of paganism during the days of Elijah. A lot of paganism, a lot of uh, uh, infidelity, a lot of uh, uh, spiritual, uh, you know, spiritual adultery. The people were idolatrous and they were sinful. They were polluted by Jezebel during the days of King Ahab and the days of Elijah. And Elisha, uh, the fact that the people were, didn't, there were so many lepers, nobody got cured. It was because, again, there was, there was sin. There was sin in the land. The people were wicked. They didn't understand God. They didn't have faith in God. They didn't comprehend what God is. They assumed they can worship other gods for some reason. They put him on the same pedestal with other gods. That's how bad it was. Eventually, that temple would be destroyed in, the, in, in, in about another century, probably. It's amazing, really. But Jesus himself is telling them. And, and he told, he compared them to those people of faith, uh, who had no faith, and that drove them crazy. All right. Uh, I guess we can end it here. And we'll go from... Um, from here to um, to say a closing prayer and uh, we'll be back for Tuesday in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, folks. Um, God bless, and I hope everything works out for this Lent. I hope we all get some graces. So keep praying and keep reading the scriptures and keep praying that rosary. Okay. God bless and be well. I'll be back with Tuesday's uh, readings.